Today's daf is daf hey. We pick up in the middle of daf dalad uh, bet by the two dots, about twelve lines from the bottom, and we're in the middle of we're dealing with we were dealing with the two models of Rabbi Yochanan and Reish Lakish of whether we learn out the phase of separation from the process of the miluim, preparing the kohanim and the kohen gadol for the avoda, and it's very avoda focused, or according to Reish Lakish, where it's learned out from the six days. Uh, that Moshe was in the Anan at the beginning of the 40 days after Harsinai before he went into the Anan um, to be with God and therefore it's much more focused on the Kohen Gadol entering into the Kodesh Kadashim and less Avod related and I also shared with you the idea of the Rav that says the first idea of Rabbi Yochanan preparing him for the Avoda could also be seen as sort of as as um, um, as raising his level or imparting upon him a, a higher status of Kohen Gadol he even suggests at one point a status of as a, as a representative of Aharon and explains that that's why it could only be done with the Kohen Gadol and not for the stand-in. Anyway, within that discussion of Rabbi Yochanan and Rish Lakish, we are dealing with some of the verses of God calling to Moshe from um, from Mitoche um, Anan, what's Vayikrao Moshe? So according to the version that that was actually before the Aseret Hadibro, what was the purpose of Vayikrao Moshe? And it was Lachlok Lo Kavod, in order to give him, to, to give Kavod to Moshe. So we pick up with that here again, ten lines from the bottom, two da, on the two dots, Zal Ramad Bet. Vayikrao Moshe. So with this focus of moving some by the Vayikrao Moshe by Har Sinai, so we go to the Vayikrao Moshe as the beginning of Vayikra, and then Vayidaber Hashem Elav. So Lami Hiktin Kriyeli Dibur. Why didn't it say Vayidaber? Like many psukim, Vayidaber Hashem Moshe, you know, Vayidaber Hashem Moshe Leimor. Why does it start Vayikrai El Moshe? So by the way, as we pointed out yesterday, the first pasuk in Vayikra has to be read juxtaposed to the last pasuk in Shemos. Moshe could not go into the Olmoed Ki Shachan Alav Hanan. Then Vayikrai El Moshe. So God had to call Moshe. Did that allow him to come into the Olmoed? But was that a way anyway? But it, it allowed for the for somehow the encounter to occur because Moshe was keeping his distance and. One of the things also to remind you, we ended with yesterday, was a very powerful Midrash. How is it at Harsinai, Moshe goes into the Anan, and by Oamoed, he doesn't go into the Anan. And there were two answers. One is God forced him into the Anan at Harsinai, and the other is God made a path for him in the Anan. And both of those are dealing with this question that the Gemara deals with from time to time, and particularly around Harsinai, is about how possible is it for there to be a real human God, divine encounter? Is it possible for Moshe to enter into the Anan? But here we now move to the Vayikra at the beginning of Vayikra. Why does Vayikra proceed by Yadabir? So, uh, um, yes, but let's see, yes, so let's see, take a look. There are different answers to this. Let's see what this, let's see what this Gemara's answer is. Look, it's General Derech Eretz. You don't start talking to somebody. You say, hey, Dove, hey, Michael, you know, hey, Charlie, right? And then you start saying something. You don't, even if you see them, you don't just start talking. You, you know, you basically say their name. You invite them into the conversation. Moshe, I'd like to speak to you. And then he starts talking. Fine, and that's the teaching of Rabbi Hanina. Now, Lemor, 
since we're looking at the pasuk, what's by Yidaber by Kral Moshe by Yidaber Shem Elav may Omoed Leimor. What's the Leimor? Why not by Yidaber Shem Elav Yidaber Bnei Israel? So Amar Rav Manasya Raba Minayin Lo Omer Davar Lechaver Shu B'Val Yomar Ad Yomalo Lechemor. Now this is a very important question about general general assumptions of privacy and confidentiality. How do you know if somebody tells you something? You don't say this is confidential. I want you to keep it to yourself. They just tell you something. How do you know that you're not supposed to go ahead and tell other people, hey, guess what so-and-so told me? Okay, how do you know implicit? You're supposed to assume that it's supposed to be kept to yourself until he tells you you can go tell other people. Now, where do you learn it from the Apostle? So Rashi says it's a play on the word more. Love and more. Don't say to somebody, okay, unless you're told you can. The Marcha says, why do you need to say that? It's pshat. Because the next Pesach says, So if it's not said, although the, the reason probably Rashi focuses on Lemur, then it's not so much about the Lemur, it's about the Daber B'nei Yisrael. But if it had not said Daber B'nei Yisrael, then even what God had said to him, he wouldn't have been entitled to say to somebody else. He needed the, to be told Daber B'nei Yisrael. So anyway, so the, that is actually a quite important idea, which is, we, you know, I, I think it needs to be taught more because, you know, we teach a lot of issues of Lush and Hara and it is true that there's a nice, that there's a prohibition called, you know, a, to Lotelech Rachil Ba'amecha and Rachilus is not so much, you know, telling bad things but it's just being a gossip telling over, oh, so-and-so told me this and I heard this from so-and-so and da-da-da-da-da and actually, you know, teaching over that value even if it's not negative things that are being said but about just respecting privacy and assuming that things are not meant to be shared uh, I think we have a, lot, a long way to go with that oh, yes it's powerful it means yes. that every verbal communication is relational between you and that person that's a good way of putting it too it's not just about about respecting that person's privacy but it's about the yeah. relationship of the two of you and right. should not just be seen as information, information. right right it's a good question it's a good question I mean could have you're right it could have looked at other Vayikras okay now we get back to the discussion of the Miluim so the Gemara says like this: um, Since it's, it's implicit that remember the way we Shlokish challenged Rabbi Yochanan, oh, you can't learn it out from the Miluim because then the it would be Ma'akev, and we know by the stand-in guy that if you don't do it, it's okay. So the fact that Rabbi Shlokish asked that and Rabbi Yochanan did not dismiss the question implies that they both agree that when it comes to the Miluim itself. If you didn't do one of the components, like the six-day preparation, um, like the seven-day preparation, it would invalidate it. Okay, so anything that is written in it prevents it would prevent if not done would prevent it from being sat, from being kosher. The inmark, because it was said, there's a debate. One of them says every single requirement set in the Miluim is not done and validates it. The parts of the of the of the avoda of the Miluim that we know by in future generations, by other korbanot, are are requisite in order to validate it, that is required in order to make it valid. But the things that are are unique to the Miluim and not written by other Kormanot, or even if they're not unique, I said that wrong, that are said by the Miluim but generally are not Ma'akev, when we find them in other Kormanot, are also not Ma'akev in the Miluim. So it's not everything. So, I mean, an obvious example would be what we're debating right now, the seven-day preparation. We never find elsewhere that that's a requirement. So, but the Abed, if you didn't do it by the Miluim, it would be good. 
So this is a, a, a debate of Rabbi Yochanan and Rabbi Hanina. We don't know who says what. So the Gemara says, Now we can conclude to Rabbi Yochanan, that Rabbi Yochanan obviously is the one of the two that's saying that everything is required. Since Rabbi Yochanan challenged Rabbi Yochanan's position of the Milui model by saying, He said, One minute, how could you say Miluim is the model for the Kohen Gadol? This is what we should say, the same way by Miluim, if you didn't do one part of it, it's no good. We should say by the Kohen Gadol, if you didn't do the separation, but the other it would be no good. And Rabbi Yochanan didn't, didn't reject the question. I mean, he said, okay, whatever, it's not the same. But, but he didn't basically say, you're wrong in your assumption. So, and Rabbi Yochanan did not respond to him, saying, since when is it ma'akev by the miluim? So that proves that both Rabbi Shakish and Rabbi Yochanan and Rabbi Yochanan hold that everything of the miluim is ma'akev. And Rabbi Yochanan is that side of the debate. And Rabbi Hanina is the other side. So the Gemara says, yes, you're right, that's a very good conclusion. Okay, my benign. Now the Gemara says, now that we're talking about that, what are the different components of the miluim that we do not find that elsewhere prevent something from being valid? And that would be then part of the debate, that Rabbi Hanina would say, if elsewhere it does not invalidate, it would not invalidate here. And Rabbi Yochanan would say, no, absolutely everything, if not done properly, prevents the miluim from being good. So what are some examples of some things that were done in the miluim that in general, in, in other situations, are not absolutely required? So Amar Rabbi Yosef, the smicha that they did on the korbanot. If you read by the miluim, they bring a lot of korbanot, and it says vayismoch aronet yadav. You know, and uh, they did smicha on them. Actually, that's um, that's uh, anyway. But it says that they did smicha on the various korbanot. And normally, although you're supposed to do smicha on korbanot, if you didn't do it, you would still be yotzei. According to Rabbi Yochanan, where everything is ma'akev, so even in, by the miluim, if you did, even if you just didn't do smicha on the korbanot. It would be invalid. But if you say you go by by only things that generally prevent and prevent things from being valid, so smicha lo makva. Those we're going to say. So smicha is not something that normally prevents a korban from being valid. So Mars says, Where do you know in future generations it does not prevent things from being valid? The time we turn on the brisa. The Samach Vinirza. The Pasikan by Yikra by the Ola says you should do smicha Vinirza Lola Khaperalav. And then and then it will be the the Korban will be Ritsui is a very technical term, you know, especially halachically, which means that it will be accepted and it will be validated. Okay, so you do smicha and vinirza, it will be the Korban will be desirous. So the Mercer says Vikis Micha so the, this is a famous Praita, Vikis Micha Mikapares. Is it really true that smicha keeps uh, kapara? And not only means that it does it solely keep kapara, but it is necessary to achieve kapara. The halo in kapara elabadam. Ultimately, the only thing necessary for kapara is the blood. Shenemer ki adamhu The blood is that which this represents the soul, and through that it achieves kapara. And the Gemara understands that that pasuk, which uh, you know, it's always the dam that is being underscored, indicates that bidyeve, the only thing that is needed for the korban is the dam. You don't need to burn the murim. You don't need by an ola to burn the limbs. You don't need to do the smicha, you don't need anything else. I mean, other you know, other than if you did the avoda correctly in terms of the shechita, and that all relates to the dam and the zvika sadam. Of course, everything else is, is is required. But if you didn't do it, you're still yotze. In, in other words, en kapara means that should be only. only. That's what I'm saying. Right. It's ella. Ella is the key word here. It's not that dam is part of kapara. It's that it's that the only thing that should determine kapara is the dam. 
Okay, so the Gemara says, if we accept that, so what's meant by the verse v'samach v'nirza? You do smicha, and then it says v'nirza right after it describes the smicha. Okay, but that's the point. It does not. It's not willing to accept that. It says ella. It understands of the pasuk ki hadam who only the blood is the defines defines kapara. So the Brita says shim asal smicha shiari mitzvah. If you treat it smicha like you know some remnant of the mitzvah, you downplay the significance of smicha. You sort of treated it like extra credit. And you didn't do it. So, it says, if you did not achieve a para, the keeper, but you really did. Okay, so basically it means, you're right. Okay, technically, as long as you did the dom correctly, you get credit. But the reason the Pazak is saying, Vesamach Vinyatsa is saying that it really is as if you did not really, not just it's a nice lichatchila you didn't do. At some level, you did not really proper, you know, you, you know, it's as if you did not bring your korban. It's as if you did not do, you know, do, um, uh, achieve kapara. But, if you ask us, bottom line, do I have to bring another korban? Were they really yotze? Okay, technically you were yotze. Okay, okay. what? Yes, like for example, if you did one zrika instead of two, you know, one matan of dam on the mizbeach by the chatas instead of all four on the kronos, we wouldn't say ilu kiper v'kiper. This is something that we say specifically about smicha, and we're going to say it in a minute about something else. So that's, that's the point. It's not just one of a million details that Pidyevit is in Ma'akev. It is important as part of that full sense of kapara, but Pidyevit, you do get the basic being yotze even without that. Let me Charlie. It's not ma'ake. But the point is, it's not ma'ake, but maybe the better way to say it is, it's not ma'ake, but it is part of the kapara process. So it doesn't prevent kapara, but it is a part of the kapara process. Yes, Charlie. Right. So, of course, then you'd have to say that that's only when it's required does it absence create a problem. Yes. Thank you for playing the role of Rivka. Yes. No, no, no. I mean, it was public in the sense that it took place in the base of Mikvah, where everybody else was around. You didn't do it at home. Well, not just the witnesses. So people, yeah. So people would say, "What do you mean? Why aren't people telling you, hey, buddy, you forgot to do smicha? It's a very busy place. Things don't don't get always done." Yeah, yeah. It's, it's nobody's punishing you. It's about your relationship with God here. Okay. So the man says, "Rav Nambar So that's one case. If you didn't do smicha by the by the. Uh, Miluim, would you be diavid yotze? It's the debate of Rabbi Yochanan and Rabbi Chanina. No, no, Rabbi Chanina. Both Rabbi Yochanan and Rabbi Shlakish say it is, everything is ma'akev. The waving that was done, right, that they waved parts of the korbanot and the bread and so on, that's a normal thing we do. We do like waving with the shlamim and so on with the, you know, with, with the shokayamin and the chazeh ha So it says, um, if you say everything is ma'akev, so even the waving that they did with parts of the korbanot is ma'akev. But if you say no, you go by generally which components prevent you from being yotze, and normally waving and lomakva, and normally waving does not prevent you in other korbanot, so it won't prevent you here. 
No, 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 no. We're just giving a whole list of things that are not ma'ake vudoros, and those, and and would they have prevented them from being yotze the miluim if they hadn't done it? He doesn't disagree. Nobody is disagreeing. Okay, We're just giving different uh, different things that are on the list. How do you know Lidoros Tnufa is not Ma'akev? Titania, we turn in the Brisa. Litznufa lechaperalav. It says that it shall be for a waving to atone. So again, the juxtaposition of Tnufa, Tnufa and Kapara. So you'll see this price that sounds very similar. Does Snufa really achieve atonement? Isn't it the blood that achieves atonement? So it's really bottom line, it's always about the blood. So Why does it say for waving for atonement? If you treated the Tnufa as like, yeah, the remnants of the mitzvah, you really, yeah, whatever, it's a nice thing to do, and then you didn't do it. It's as if you did not achieve a kapara, but bottom line, the keeper you did. Okay, so it's part of the kapara, but it does not ultimately absolutely require bidyevid, you will get kapara, but you have missed out, not just on a detail, you've missed out on part of the kapara process. So the so there are now two things which we know by korbanot generally, bidyevid are not ma'akev, smicha and shnufa, and this is the debate. If you had not done it by the miluim, would it have been ma'akev or not? Yes. So that's why I'm, I'm not sure how to read the Gemara here. Kushioti rejecting Ikebanayu. No, not really. It's no, that's what Michael just asked. No, no, no. We're just adding to the list. Everybody is coming so up with a I'm different thing. Technically, it's not Ma'akev. We're going to treat it as if it is Ma'akev, and that's Ikebanayu. What we what we are doing is we are comprising a list of all the things that were done at the Miluim yes. that when they would occur to other korbanot, the Yevid would not be ma'akev. Right. One thing we put on the list was smicha. The next thing we put on the list was tnufa. Nobody is disagreeing with anybody. We're just adding to the list of things that will be part of the debate of Rabbi Yochanan and Rabbi Hanina. That will be part of the question of had you not done this at the Miluim, would it have been ma'akev? Rabbi Yochanan would say absolutely everything mentioned and Rabbi Hanina is putting together a list. Here are the list of things that were done at the Miluim that I would say would not have prevented you from being yotze because it won't prevent you in other cases. Okay. So the first two are smicha and um, and Tnufa. Now, those are already maybe maybe um, easy candidates because we've already suggested, and I think though this is maybe what you were asking, that they are it's So to then say it gets kicked up a notch by the Miluim according to Rev Yochanan and that you aren't Yotze is fine. But how about things that are really much more tangential? We would never say kiilulokiper. Would you also right? So we are going to now continue. So now we're going, but it's, that's not what it's about because we're now going to continue to add to the list. Which is what the whole issue of how they fucking challenged Rabbi Yochanan. That he says, If you hadn't done the seven day separation, it would be Ma'akev. Why don't you say the same by Yom Kippur? And Rabbi Yochanan didn't have an answer. So clearly, Rabbi Yochanan, who say everything is Ma'akev, say even the seven day separation is Ma'akev. According to Rabbi Yochanan, everything is ma'akev by the miluim. Ma'akva, if they had not, then the seven-day separation would have been would have prevented them from being yotze. According to the one that you only go by what in in, in, in future generations is a requisite part of a korban. Lo ma'akva. So then. He would say, Rabbi Yanina would say, if you didn't do the seven-day preparation, they still would have been Yotze. Okay, meaning, obviously, you would have done the Korbanot, 
but you wouldn't have stayed in the base of Mikvah for seven days if the Kohanim would have ignored Moshe's, Moshe's, Moshe's uh, you know, instructions and went home every night and left the base of Mikdash, according to Rabbi Hanina, they still would be outside. That's really the corner. Okay, but, that, but the, the question is, when we say Ma'akva, what does it mean Ma'akva? It's not a question of where you yotze your Ola. I mean, Michael says it's a good point, and it's worth mentioning here, because we are talking not about an avoda of the Korban. We're talking about, would you have been Yotze Miluim? Would the, base, would the Mishkan have been consecrated? Would the Kohanim have been consecrated in their avoda? That was the purpose of the Miluim. So part of what achieves that consecration and initiation was the Korbanot. But there were other rituals that were being done as well. So the Ma'akiv here is not just being Ma'akiv the Korban, it's being Ma'akiv the goal of the Miluim. Okay, so again, this is another thing that is not Ma'akiv Ludoros and is part of the debate. So, Ludoros Minalon Delo Ma'akva. How do you know in future generations it's not Ma'akiv? Midakatani. Well, when else is there an idea of separation? So the only other case we have is Midakatani Matkinin, our case of Yom Kippur. And we said that we would prepare a, 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 a stand-in, an understudy, and we didn't say, that's the point that was made earlier, we didn't say that the understudy would have to do the seven-day preparation. So you could say, either A, we never have this idea of Doros, or B, but that's not as interesting as saying when it's required, it's not Ma'akev. So this is saying, if you actually believe that the seven-day separation of our Mishnah is really biblically required, then that would be an example where the idea of a separation is required, but not Ma'akev. And therefore, that is another part of the debate. Ravina Amar, Ribu Shiva Umashiha Shiva Ikabinayu. Now this is fascinating because one of the things they did, as I was saying a minute ago, it's not just about Korbanot, it's about consecrating Aaron. If you remember what the Psukim described, is that basically Moshe would dress Aaron, the big day kahuna, dress the sons, the big day kahuna, he would anoint Aaron and the sons, and that really was the consecration of the Begadim, the consecration of Aaron. But we never do find in future generations that if you didn't do that, it would be Bidiyavid Ma'akev. So here too, it's not, it was, it's a, this is like radical, fine, you want to say you didn't do smicha, tnufa, you're still yotze, even if they left the base of Midrash, you'd be yotze. But you mean to tell me if you had not done the dressing of Aaron and the anointing of the Begadim, it still would have been a good niluim? I mean, that seems to have, it wasn't Ma'akev So pretty radical now. So let's see what the Gemara says with this. Okay. So, um, riboy is the word used for the dressing of the begadim. Okay, and the Meshicha is the riboy begadim, also the coin gadol. He has multiple begadim, not just four, but eight. And the Meshicha. Well, you need to wear his begadim. Does he need the Yeah, but you didn't need a process of dressing, a process of consecrating through the act of dressing through the act of anointing. According to the one that says that anything is, everything is ma'akev, if you hadn't thought that this, it would not have been good. If they had not done this, it still would have been good. Now, where do you see in future generations that there's this idea of consecrating through wearing the begadim or through the oil that you would say that we will, that, that bidiyevit it's not ma'akev in future generations? Where do you even see this? idea in future generations. So let's take a look. How do we know in future generations it does not prevent things from you from being Yosei? Okay, so this is important. This is by the um, this is by this is by Yom Kippur, right? So at the end of Yom Kippur it says 
by the Avoda at the end of, uh, of the uh, it's all talking about Aaron as I mentioned to you before and Rashi says it here Kola Parsha says Aaron, 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 Aaron and then finally at the end it generalizes it to a Yom Kippur and to future generations and it says so the future Kohen Gadol will do the same. Now how does it describe how he is identified as the future Kohen Gadol? So it says, so Yimshat, now Yimalei Yado is elsewhere used and Rashi gives you the Pasuk where it used to speak about dressing them with their Begadim. So basically from here we learn or that a Kohen Gadol gets into the office through an um, act of Mishicha, Mishicha with Shemana Mishicha. We actually spoke about that recently in Shkalim and with a dressing of the Begadim. Okay, now that just says it simply. It sounds like one act of Mishicha, one dressing of the Begadim. But if you go ahead and look at um, the end of Shemos, most Chavtes, I mean the end of um, Tetzave, where it speaks about, you. Every, I hope people realize, and Tetzave talks about making the Big Day Kuhuna, and then discusses how those Big Day Kuhuna will be dressed, uh, you, you know, put on, uh, will be, Aaron and his sons will be dressed those Big Day Kuhuna, and then they, w- and describes the, it, it describes the process of the Niluim, it commands the Niluim in Tetzave, and then in Tzav, at the end of Tzav, it describes the actual enactment of that process. So the command is in Tzav and Tzav, it's actually Tzav and Tzav, and the fulfillment is in Tzav, and then Shemini is the eighth day. So in Tzav Tzav, where it's describing the, uh, the command, where it's giving the command of the Miluim, it says the following. It says, Uvigdeya Kodesh Yishe Laron Yulevanav HaKarav L'mashchavahem U'lemalei Vam Es Yadam so these clothes will be used to anoint them and to fill their hands. Like, you know, that's a phrase used in the Torah, to appoint somebody to office. It's like to fill their hands, to pull over their, the office into their hands. Okay, so these clothes are used to initiate them into office, is what it is saying. Shivat Yamin, says the next Pasuk. I just lost my, my place. Um... Uh, so seven days the Kohen should wear it who's going to enter into the Omoed. So it sounds like if you want to be a Kohen Gadol, even if you say uh, like the Kohen that will go into the Kodesh means the Kohen Gadol, let's say on Yom Kippur, if you want to limit it that way, still says seven days. But at the end of Achleimos, which describes the future Kohen Gadol, it says, just simple, you know, Asher Yimshach Vasher Yimaleit Yadav. So let's take a look at what this writer does. The Tanya. The Chitera Kohen Asher Yimshach Vatov Asher Yimaleit Yadol L'Chaheni Tachas Aviv. That's what it says by Yom Kippur, referring to a future Kohen Gadol. And again, remember that Yimaleit Yadol is understood to mean putting on the begadim. What is that verse teaching? With each and every, because it says at the after it speaks about dressing Aaron and dressing the kids, the kids, dressing the other Kohanim, his children, for seven days, um, and for, for anointing them, it speaks about future generations, and it says, seven days, I only know that if you do it for seven days of dressing and seven days of anointing, is that the way in future generations to impart the status, you know, of, 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 of Kohen Gadol. 
What day was the seven days dressing, but only one day of Meshicha? Or one day of dressing and seven days of anointing? Minayan, how do I know that even that Bidiyevid, you will be Yotze, and that will establish a, a new person as a Kohen Gadol? Because at the, at the end of Achrimos, it just says simply that you anoint and that you dress the garments, and it doesn't say anything about seven days. So, Bidiyevid, you don't need seven days. Now, of course, it sounds like one of them needed to be seven days. The simple conclusion, what it really should have said is, Minayan Apilu, you only do it one day for each. Okay, so we can discuss whether that would work Bidiyevid. But, nevertheless, you see that Bidiyevid, you don't need both of them for all seven days. So, therefore, it was, it was by the Miluim. But it's not Ma'akev Lidoro. So the same way Rabbi Chadina would say, I'm not saying you could not do it at all. Because Lidoros, you do have to do it at least one day. But what I'm saying is, if at the time of the Miluim they did not do the dressing for seven days, and they did not do the oil for seven days, if they only did it for one day, B'diyeva they would have been Yotze the Miluim. The same way in future generations, a Kohen is initiated through B'diyevid, even just, at least according to Gadol, normally needs seven days, but B'diyevid in future generations, one day is enough, and the same would have been true by the Miluim, says Rebbe Chalina. For future clients, they really were they through the whole thing? Yes. And uh, someone dressed them or whatever? Yes. Okay. So obviously, it can't be a, 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 an absolute requirement because you have the case of the weekend this entire uh, studio with a mission. The substitute client would get the. Uh, that's true. And presumably, you weren't doing the whole requirement with him. Right. That's true. Now, there's actually is an interesting Machlokas Rambam Raivid, which is fascinating because where the Rambam brings down, I have to just, I have to just read this to you, where the Rambam brings down the seven day uh, prepar- uh, um, um, imparting of the, you know, Chinuch, uh, Rebuy, sort of establishing the status of the Kohen Gadol um, for future, you know, somebody who's new, a new Kohen Gadol. The Raivid has a fascinating, um, has a fascinating um, uh, take on it. So let me just very quickly read that to you. Um, I hope this has the Rivid. And I'm seeing that it does not. Okay. What good is this if it doesn't have the Rivid? Okay. (laughs) Anyway, um, here's what the Ramah says like this. So first of all, forget not only doing it seven days, but the evidence if you didn't have the Shemin, Reboi Begadim would have been enough. So B'diyavid even completely not having one of the components. Okay? And he says, Kate said, Moshchino, da-da-da-da. Then he says, um, no, this is about the Mashiach. I'm looking at where he speaks about seven days. Hold on. Okay, this isn't anyway the right Rambam. Anyway, I will bring you the Rambam later when I find it, but I will tell you right now what the Rambam says, which is that the Rambam says that, um, oh wait, 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 I can't find where it is. It's in Kleya Mikdash, yeah, in Avodah, but it's in the fourth parak. Hold on one second. He says, I want to read about the seven days. He says like this. Um, Okay. Okay, and then he says, if there's no Shemana Mishra, then it's just a big day kuna. Kate Marbino so bibigadim, Lovesh Mona Bigadimu Postan, the Khazar Loshan, so he didn't have to have somebody dress him, he did himself. The Machar Shivas Yamim Yomachar Yom. Shenema Shivas Yamim Yobasham Hakohain Taktabni Banav. Okay, Kashem Shariba Bigadim Shiva Kachmashika Shiva. 
Vim Avad of Kodim Shisraba, Koshiva, Kodim Shayimshak Koshiva, Vodasak Shera, Hov and Israba, Onimshak Pamachat. Okay, so that's our halacha. The Bidiyavid, number one, you don't even need Mashiach Bidiyavid. And Bidiyavid, the bare minimum is one day. So that's what Rabbi Hanin is saying. Lidoros, the whole seven days with both of them is not Ma'akev. Just one, and just one day would be sufficient. And therefore, according to Rabbi Hanin, the same as the Miluim, whereas Rabbi Yochanan would say, not so. The first time around, you needed to do everything. Anyway, what the Ravid says, and unfortunately I don't have it, is the Ravid says, no, this need of doing, L'Chadchil, of doing seven days, says the Ravid, was only to prepare him for Avodah Yom Kippurim, not just not his normal role of Kohen Gadol, right? And that's what Rashi says. The pasuk says, "The pasuk by Vatachet Sava was Taktavmi Banav." Something what it was to enter into Olam Oed. It says there. What does it say? Do you have that pasuk? Yeah, no, I, I have it here. I just thought I had it here. He makes a. Anyway, you have to Yabusham HaKohen Taktav Mibadav Asher Yavo Elomoy Vesharei Pakodesh which Rashi says means on Yom HaKippur so actually this very nicely fits into this idea of Salvation quotes this about the idea that you're actually creating a special Kohen Gadol status for Avodos Yom HaKippurim so he says according to the Ravid the whole idea of the seven days was just for the sake of being able to enter into the Kodesh Kadashim. it was not a L'Chathila requirement for normal status of a Kohen Gadol everybody of course the evidence agrees that it's not Ma'akeh so I understand so Kohen Gadol is not being yeah he would not uh, yeah, he would not have started his status until the seven days but are over. Was he, but we said he was but so like, was he not allowed? He's still a regular coin. Right? Yeah, was he not allowed to do any service? Like, if you want, let's say it was part of his mishmar. Uh, like, not do anything. Like, no, I don't know. I, 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 it's a good question. I don't know. Uh, you know what he is in that middle status. Okay, we're but the he's already a coin gadol. We're not done with right. the process. Yeah. And okay, but he continues to like you know, let's eat something. I understand the question. I understand the question. Yeah, I understand the question. Okay, Ashkan Ribui Shiva Lechatchila. Now we have found that Lechatchila you need when you're when you're uh, when you're making a coin gadol and again according to the Ravid or making a coin gadol for Yom Kippur. But we see that when you're making a coin gadol Lechatchila you need dressing seven days because it says I show you Shivas Yamim Yobasham Hakohen. So that's dressing them seven days, the clothes seven days. L'chadchila. Meshich ha-shiva l'chadchila minalan. Where do you know that in general they did it by miluim? But where do we know in general in future generations you're supposed to anoint for seven days? Iba is saying the itzer krali me'ute. Number one, because the pasuk in Achimot says asher yimshach v'asher yimalei, and that to tell you that b'diavet only one is enough and only one day. So impli- implicitly, therefore, is both l'chadchila have to be seven. The Iba is saying, and if you want, I can say zamakra ubideh kodesh sher laron the yule banav acharav lemashchavahem the begadim are for mishicha for anointing lemalei v'amesiyadam iskish mishicha l'riboy. So again, filling the hands is understood to be initiating, but it's understood to be the dressing, and it says lemash. So they're linked. So the same way, one is seven, the rest are seven. So again, what happened by the Kohanim in the Miluim is that they were all dressed for seven days and anointed for seven days. In future generations, you don't need it by a normal Kohen, but by a Kohen Gadol, the Chathila, he needs to be dressed seven days and anointed seven days. To the Eved, even if you had no anointing, because we don't have Shemana Mishkan by Kim, and even if you have the dressing only one day. So therefore, that would be the debate at the Miluim. Let's say you did the bare bones of future generations. Let's say you just did one day, would they have been Yotzei Miluim? And Rabbi Hanina says yes, and Rabbi Yochanan says no. Okay, so now the Gemara continues. My time is the called Now we have listed the Nafkaninas. What's the reason? Why should we say that things that normally do not prevent you from being Yotzei here by the Miluim were absolutely required? 
So I'm a Rabbi Yitzchak Bar Bisna Amakra because the pasuk says, "Vasita laaronu levanav kacha kashertziviti otacha." That you should do to Aaron and his sons just like this. That's what it says at the Vatatetzava after the commandment of the Miluim. Kacha ikuvahu. Kacha means exactly like this. Every single detail. So it says, that's good. Komilcha diksiva bahayinyot. Everything that's written in Vatatetzava. It says kacha has to be exact. But milsa delogsi vahayinyana. How about something that appears in where they actually did it that was never mentioned in Atatitzavah. That's always fun when the Torah repeats something to see if they exactly match up. So there are things in Sav that are not mentioned in Atatitzavah. How do you know those things are matching? Now, what are they? So Rad, the Gemara doesn't say. So Rashi says it's basically, it's dressing, it's putting on the Urim and Tumim. It doesn't mention that in Atatitzavah, but it mentions that in Sav. Okay? So Minalan. So Amar of Nachman, by Yitzchak, Yali Petach Petach. Because it says Petach Moed a lot of times in Atatasave, more than it needs to. And it says it a lot of times in Sav. Rashi points out places where it very, seems very repetitive. Um, and therefore we make a Gzair So if everything is Ma'akev in Atatasave, then everything mentioned in Sav is also Ma'akev. I'll quote you a Pasuk from Sav. You should watch the uh, sort of a charge of God. So that basically underscores you better do everything. Okay, so that's the same way like the word kacha means everything that's said in Tzav is also ma'akev. Ikuva. Ikuva means prevents you from being yote if you don't do it. Ravaki Amar, Kikain Because Moshe says, you should do like this because so I was commanded. So, well, why say so you were commanded? It means everything, guys. Ikuva. Okay. So that is now, we have finished with that debate. So again, this was a digression because, you know, Reb Yochan, Reb Yochan challenged Reb Yochanan, how can you use the model of Miluim? Why isn't it Ma'akev? Reb Yochanan didn't have an answer. So that shows Reb Yochanan agrees that it's Ma'akev and therefore we now explore this issue about whether every detail of the Miluim was Ma'akev or not. Um, in for, you know, what about the things that generally would not be problems? Were they a problem in the Miluim? Now we're going to have a digression of that digression because since we <laughs> ended with the Pasuk of Tichayin Suvesi, we're going to talk about three times it says by the Miluim that Moshe underscores that this is the way he was commanded by God. And we want to ask why is it underscored all those times? Yes, Charlie. Moshe and Aaron would have done something other than what Rashi said. All right, we are exploring it as a hypothetical. Okay. Now, according to the Begadim, the Urim and Tumim, no, the Gemara was asking, how do you know it's Makkes? Okay, but you, oh, you're saying according to uh, what's his name, Rabbi Hanina, right? When Rabbi Hanina, if you didn't do, if you didn't do, you know, the dressing six out of the seven days, it wouldn't be Makkes. Okay, you mean if you didn't do it even on one day? I don't know. Oh, so now the Gemara says like this: so three times it says this is on Yom Hashmini okay one it says Rashi quotes the Psukim one it says all of these things do as I so I was commanded were after the sons of Aaron died right people remember the story that they, I know you know that they died but seven days of preparing of doing the same ritual over and over again of the Korbanot of the dressing of the anointing day eight by Yom Hashmini Parsha Shmini is now this is a culmination you bring a Korban and you're going to now this is your first Avoda as Kohen Gadol he brings the Korban he comes down he blesses the people everybody rejoices and then of course Bnei Aaron not even a view you know get a little over static they bring us something they weren't commanded and they die okay and then afterwards Moshe says to them eat the mincha do this keep on doing everything like you were told before even though your children died that's what God had said 
Okay, and it says that three times. So once it says by the mincha, Eat the mincha. Yes, you're owning him. Your 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 brother or your son just died. Okay, yes, you're owning him, and you shouldn't eat korbanot. But nevertheless, eat the mincha. That's one of them. Kasher tsuvesi is when it says Moshe was looking around and they burnt the seer the the chatos. And Moshe said, why did you burn it? You should have eaten it. I was, I, I was commanded, and you, I, and therefore you were commanded to, to eat it. So why did you burn the chatas? So once by the mincha, once by questioning the chatas, and Kasher Tziva Hashem actually came before the chata story where he said, not only eat the mincha, but eat the meat from the shlamim. Even though, again, your son or your brother just died, go ahead and eat this because this is what God commanded. So one by the mincha, one by the miluim when he told them to do it, one by the chatas when he was questioning why they did not do it. So let's take a look. Okay, so first he says, eat the chatas, I was commanded to do this, to tell you guys that you have to eat it even though you're owning him, even though your brother and your son just died. Then the chasher tsuvesi was, at the, when they actually didn't do it, and they didn't burn the chatas, Moshe says, hey guys, I told you, you were commanded, I was commanded, you were commanded, why didn't you do as you were commanded? So that obviously had to be repeated, because he had to underscore, I know that you're owning him, but nevertheless, you were supposed to do it. And therefore he repeated the kashir tzivesi b'shat maaseh. B'shat maaseh amalehet. Kashir Hashem. Now what's the kashir tzivashem? Below me a lie on the Omer. And I'm not making it up. Now of course, that's, well, that's already implicit in the first kashir tzivesi. What do you mean below me a lie on the Omer? So Rashi, said, Rashi sort of massages this a minute. First of all, he says that this he said to them after they ate, after they burnt the Seir Lechatas. I do not believe that's where it is in the Pasuk. Here, my, can you give me this? Um, in the Pasuk, as I said, I think first he says, eat the mincha, eat the meat, and then, and the first, uh, says... So, you know, these are what, you know, they're the onanim. And then the, and then the next part is, and it goes on, and then it ends by, are told right away, do as God has commanded, or I've been commanded, and then the, the chatas that they burned is, why didn't you do it like I commanded? But Rashi, to explain why you need this second kasher tzivati, if you look at the first line of the middle-sized lines, Rashi says, um, excuse me, not the first line, uh, three lines before the lines get the widest. Kasherti Vashem, the low may lie in the Omer. Hayusom chinapia dibor, v'yichlo so onanim, v'lotasu kasheritim b'chatas. Okay? So, basically saying that after they didn't eat the chatas, he says, listen, guys, I'm not making this up, so please do the right thing, and if you didn't, if you burnt the chatas, at least continue to eat the shlamin. Of course, that's taking the pasuk out of context, because the pasuk by the shlamin was before, right, and before the chatas. Anyway, but the basic point of all of this is, Moshe saying, I know you're owning him, do it anyway, I'm not making it up, and you, you need to do it. And when he, they didn't do it, he was angry and said, guys, I told you I was commanded, I know you're owning him. Okay, so, I'm Rabbi Yossi. 
Barchanina. Michnesayim ain't subim b'parsha. You know what? He said, it never says anywhere when it speaks about dressing them the big kahuna, it never mentions the michnesayim, it never mentions the breaches. That's true. The Shuom Merb, Vizeh Devar Shertasem Lahem Lakadesh Otam Lachahain. This is the thing. What's this? I mean, why not just start talking about it? So it sounds like something else. Like Bezeh Yavo Aron. We said Bezeh means the seven-day process, proceeding. So Bezeh is including the Mechnesayim. Okay. Now, the Asiri Taifa, what it also includes is that a Kohen normally brings, right, on the day that he begins his Avodah, he brings an Asiri Taifa. That's a normal Kohen. Kohen Gadol has this whole process we just talked about of seven days. A normal Kohen is an Asiri Taifa. So that also wasn't mentioned. Okay, so Vizer gets, gets that included as well. Okay. So he says, look, I get how Vizer can refer to the Mishnasayim because this Parsha of commanding the Miluim is at the end of Atatitzavah and the beginning of Atatitzavah is all of the Begadim. So Vizer means, oh, the stuff that we just mentioned a few psukim ago, all those Begadim, you got to do that here. Okay? One minute. So that I get. It's Ksiva Binyan of the Begadim. So Vizer makes sense contextually to read it to include the Mishnasayim. Where do you get the Asimitefa? Where is there any allusion to that in the word Vizeh? No, because the whole Parsha that refers to the bringing of the Asimitefa, which again, you remember, we discussed that in Shkalim, but Kohen Gadol brought it every day, half and half, and a normal coin brought it on the first day they began the Avodah. And that Parsha is introduced with the word Zeh. So the Zeh here in the Miluim is pulling in, number one, the Michnesayim in, in the Begadim, which is the context. And number two, something that we know elsewhere is part of the initiation of Kohanim. And the link of the word Zezeh allows us to pull that in here and say that here as well, that was part of the Parsha. Dov, you had a question? I have to say that there's this huge principle that you can't learn multiple things from one word. So there's a word, someone darshan, the word, right. so someone else, and where does he get the halacha from? A yeah, word? I don't know what to tell you. Word in the Torah, I don't know. And oh, yeah. like multiple Look, things. clearly, he's bothered with the fact that there are some obvious components that are missing. That's what's motivating this. Right? That there's the, the well, Mishnasayim, and something we know in future generations is part of the initiation. But when, the her- when they need the hermeneutic, to be so plastic they just allow themselves right to I would agree with that I would, I would agree with that okay if you want I'll tell you the ze is the Gzair Shava and the extra Vav is the okay okay I'm a Rav Yochan I'm a Shum Rav Shimban Yochai Minayin Sha'af Mikra Parsha Ma'akev now this is fascinating because we had to do a whole proof before the Rav Yochan was the one that said everything is Ma'akev Right, because of the way he didn't respond to Rish Lakish. Here you have Rabbi Yochanan very explicitly saying things are ma'akeh, but he is saying in the name of his Rebbe, Rabbi Shimbar Yochai. So he says, how do you know even announcing the Parsha is ma'akeh? What does it mean? It means that if you read in the beginning of Tzav, Moshe makes an announcement. Right, he says to Bnei Israel, guys, this is what we're doing, this is what God has commanded. So he says, how do you know if Moshe didn't say those words when you went to Vinyot say? Everything was Ma'akev. How do you know even that? Talmud, yeah, he had not made that announcement. That's what it says at the beginning of the Milu. So how do you know if you didn't make announcements, you wouldn't be Yotzei? So, okay. So it says, So Talmud Lomar, Vayomer Moshe Hashem, so davar doesn't mean thing; it means the words. And asher tivatem. So asher tivatem, we learned before, it says it better be done. It's ma'akev. And even davar 
is Asher Tiva Hashem. Everything is Ma'ake. Okay. Kate says he'll be Okay. Kate says he'll be How did he dress? How, how did Moshe dress Aaron and his, and, and his sons? Kate says he'll be How did he dress them? My darling, how they? What was, was? What was the question? Now, of course, right, of course, we've now spent a whole day trying to figure out what is Ma'akev in the Milui, and why don't we say what was, was? So, because, so I think there are two answers. One answer is, is that uh, is that we do not say how do you have to how did he how is he required to dress them in the sense of like was it you know what is what are the requirements because then we can talk about the halachic requirements we're just saying what did he do right. okay so that is like who cares what he did that's history well since when do we care about history we care about Torah okay <laughs> so that's I think the simple answer there could be another variation of that coming up but it's a, here we're not saying how do you have to dress the Kohanim right. how did he dress them who cares. So my dolly oven. Ella, Kateson Mabishim Asilava. Now we turn it in to a halachic question. How in the future now how does it halachic? You can't say what was required then, since the Torah never spells out the detail or I don't know why they couldn't say what was required then, but we make it halachic to say what will be required in the future. We assume that when there's gonna be another base on mixtach, we're gonna do a whole new process of Miluim. I don't know why we assume that. But now we've at least reframed it as a halachic question. Right, it reminds me of I don't know if I should say this, but the scene from uh, from uh, what, what, uh, um, the Simpsons. I go back. I only know Simpsons from the first two seasons. Oh, but there was a, there was yeah, a, yeah, yeah, but there but there, but there was the great one with Krusty uh, the Clown, who was who was a Jew and estranged from his father. So that anyway, they have these scenes of him growing up with his father, the rabbi, and they're walking down, and somebody says, "Rabbi, should I buy the Chevrolet, this Chevrolet?" And he says. Could you reframe that as an ethical question? <laughs> Is it right to buy the Chevrolet? <laughs> so we reframe the historical question as a halachic question. Okay? So, one minute. Elatetan Malbishin Lasid Lava. Lasid Lava Nami! So when everybody is resurrected, we'll ask them. We'll ask Moshe and Aaron. Now it's again funny because you know, isn't it a halacha question? Are they basically saying, since when do you ask? You know the so you know you don't. It's little shemayimi, but I guess maybe resurrected people that can historically tell you what happened is not shemayim. They're still people, so then they'll give us the information. Okay, so why do we have to know now? When it's Rashi Lama, we'll have more facts and we'll be able to. What? Well, we, yeah, we're going to deal with that in a minute. I'll uh, guess that, yes. Well, two things. Well, you can ask this question about a lot of things in the Torah that were commandments were filled once. Right. And they're not going to be... Right. So it there. is always interesting when the Gemara says, what do I care about history as opposed to, I want to know because I want to at least know what was the requirement then. Okay, let's and see... And remember cases where we say we're going to ask Elio Hanavita results. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, let's see where the Gemara goes with it. Ella, Kate said, you'll be on the misper cry. No, no, no. What we, the reason we're asking is not just an in, a historical speculation. It's to deal with contradictions in Psukim. Because Psukim and Tzav sound one way, and Psukim and Atat and Tzav sound another way. So then it's not just like idle historical speculation. It's we want to understand the Psukim because there's a problem in the Psukim, right? If I, for example, said, what color were the different, uh, you know, uh, jewels on Aaron's, you know, on, you know, on Aaron's begadim? You say... Yeah, that's idle speculation. It's history. Who cares? We don't know. And it's idle speculation. So the Gemara is saying, this isn't idle speculation. There's psukim, and we, there's a problem in the psukim. Oh, okay. So let's deal with the problem in the psukim. Okay. Let me spur cry. So the debate between the sons of Rebbe Chia and Rebbe Yochanan. First, you did all of Aaron. Aaron, you dressed him all of his clothes. Then you did the sons, the whole thing. 
No, you address them at the same time, meaning you did, first you did them all one baguette, then you did them all the next baguette, and so on. Okay? It's like, it's like, do you put, when you put on your socks and shoes, do you do sock, shoe, sock, shoe, or sock, sock, shoe, shoe? Okay, I assume most people do sock, sock, shoe, shoe. Okay, so all here too. Anyway, when it comes to, like, the cloak, and the, and the, you know, the, the hat, um, the Aaron, the that clearly, because is first Aaron, because that's the way the Pesukim read in both Tzav and Atat to Tzav. It says, you dress Aaron, you put on the Ketone, you put on the hat, and it hasn't mentioned the sun yet. So clearly you get Aaron to that stage before you, got the, before you worry about the sun. Okay, the Bein B'Tzavah, Bein B'Afiyah, whether where it's commanded, meaning in Atat Tzavah, or where it was done in Tzav, Aaron Kadim, it says it focuses on doing this to Aaron before it mentions the sun. The question is the belt. The belt was last. You have the cloak, you have the hat, you now got to put the belt around the cloak. Now, and now we have a contradiction. Because in one place it says, when it gets to the belt, it says, you put the belt on Aaron and his sons, which suggests you get Aaron, you get, right, you get Aaron fully dressed. Then you get the sons fully dressed. Then you put belts on both of them. And in the other place it says, put the belt on Aaron, and then put the belt on the sons, which suggests finish up with Aaron, and then do the whole thing with the sons. Okay, and that's the debate. Manda Amar Aaron Vachach Banov. If you say first Aaron and then the sons, Dichsiv, Vachgor Oso Abnei, this is what it says in Tzav, put the Abnei on him, Vachadachsiv, and then it says Vachgor Osam, then do them. So that would mean we fully dress Aaron, do the belt, and then we move over to the sons and fully dress them with the belt. Manda Amar Aaron Ubanav Vachachas, but the one that says we get Aaron fully dressed, then we get the sons fully dressed, and then we do the belt with both of them at the same time. Because it says in otam them, meaning as one process. So it means they're both fully dressed, and you do the belt to both of the, to all of them. So now the says, What did he do with the fact that the pasuk in uh, in Sav separates Aaron and the children? So he says, Avnet, Amalacha, he'll tell you, Ahu, Avneto Shekoin Gadol, Lozehu, Avneto Shekoin Hedyos. There's a problem. Because the Torah tells you what material the Avnet of the Koin Gadol is made out of. Four different strands, three of which are wool, one of which is linen, so it's Shatnez. It never tells you what the Avnet of the, Ko- of the normal Kohen is. And there's a debate. Some say, well, it's the same as that of the Kohen Gadol. And others say, no, since the Torah doesn't say, we're not going to make shotness. It'll be one, you know, one thing. It'll be wool, whatever it'll be. Or not wool, excuse me, linen, and that's it. But it's not going to be shotness. It's not going to be like the Kohen Gadol. So now we're going to try to base it on Sukim. So the answer is, according to the one that says that they did it at the same time, the reason in one puzzle it separates them is to tell you they have different, they have different depths. Okay, but we didn't do it all at one moment. I mean, we did it all at one moment, but it is separating it in one of the times to tell you that the belts are different. And we'll just read one more line, which is the flip side. If you say that first you finished with Aaron completely, then you went over to the sons and then did them completely, how about the passage that puts them all in the same parsha that says you should put the belt on them, on all of them? to tell you the opposite to tell you that they are the same so one says that fundament, it was the same process but they were separated to tell you a different avnate the other says it was a different process and they were combined to tell you the same avnate 
Okay, le- very last line was a three. Vayachgor oso avnei, vayachgor osam lamali, shmamina aron vachachpana. So, but the reason it says, it says oto and otam, according to this approach, is to tell you that the process was different, was separate. And now the Gemara says, vasachas mimishkachasa. How can you put four belts on four people at one second? So the Gemara says, no. Rotsricha da'aktin. It doesn't mean that you put them all at the same time, but it means that you, yes, you did them one, two, three, four, but you did, but you did not interrupt it with other things. You did not first dress out on the belt, then get them dressed, and then do the belt. At one moment, at one time, you were doing the belts for all of them, but not literally at the same second. Okay, we will end.